Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. I've got a great guest for you and my friend, Mr. Danny Silk. You guys have heard me interview hundreds upon hundreds of wealthy entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, leaders, and of all of the definitions of wealth that I've heard people give, what is important to them about creating and building and manufacturing wealth and how you can leverage and use it to go out and create the most amazing epic life for yourself, for your family, for your friends. Mr. Danny Silk, of all of the interviews I've done, probably communicated the most empowering, the most relatable definition of wealth that I've ever heard anybody talk about. And you're going to get a little bit of taste in terms of his life, his experiences, and he is such an amazing storyteller. You guys are going to get an amazing perspective from somebody that not only has created some great wealth financially, but how he has gone about creating and taking it far beyond what dollars can buy you, what is showing up in your bank account. And that is something that resonates with me on many different levels. You guys know, I am always looking for ways to continue to expand my net worth and your balance sheet and passive income and assets, right? You think and talk in terms of what that can look like for you on a day-to-day basis. But oftentimes, getting wrapped up in that narrative and that conversation, that measuring stick, we forget about the things that ultimately are what fill the soul and what create that impact and what really bring us true fulfillment and happiness. And you're going to get a taste of exactly how Danny has done that in his own life and some perspective and some tactic and some strategy and how you can go ahead and employ that in different areas of your life and your business on this journey of wealth for yourself. So I'm really excited for you guys to get a little bit of a different perspective in today's episode with Mr. Danny Silk. So I'm not gonna waste any more time. Get your pen, your paper handy. Be sure to check out the show notes at millionermindcast.com. If you're not subscribed to the show yet, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode of Millionaire Mindcast. Don't forget to leave a five-star review in whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on. That's how we continue to stay in the top 100, 200 podcasts in wealth building, entrepreneurship, investing in the entire world. And it's because of you our amazing listeners each and every week who tune in are constantly looking to sharpen your own acts to expand your relationships, your conversations, your life, your bank account, all things that really matter beyond just making money. But you know what we like to talk about on this show too, right? We like talking about money and how you can use that. Good people can use that to go and make a massive difference. So without any further ado, let's dig in today's episode right after this quick message. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60 day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Well, I'm excited to welcome into the show, Danny Silk from Loving On Purpose. Welcome, brother. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me, Matt. I am, uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. I oftentimes, um, you know, the show can be heavy on 
the wealth building front, how to make money, how to unlock you know, financial freedom. Um, and one of the things that I've learned over you know, the 500 plus episodes and the hundreds of millionaires that I've interviewed is kind of the fact that wealth has a, a different meaning and definition to every person kind of based on their goals and where they're at in their life and what they're looking to unlock. And I know that um, you've created such an amazing brand that one of the lines that I always say is wealth goes far beyond what dollars can buy you. And uh, I know you live this in many areas of your life and your business and kind of the tools and resources you equip people with. And for those that don't know who Danny Silk is, I want to allow you the opportunity to give them a little peek and um, context to your brand and how you've you know, built what you've built and how you've impacted so many people that you've impacted. So where did this all start, Danny? Oh, gosh. It probably started when I was nine years old and my grandma said, you should be a counselor. And I said, <laughs> what's that? You know, um, yeah, my background is uh, I have a master's in social work. I did a lot of work in foster care and adoptive care, group homes uh, with juvenile offenders. Then I became a pastor. I was a pastor for 25 years in, in a small town in Northern California, Weaverville. And then in Reading, I was at Bethel Church uh, for 14 years. And now I'm down here with Jesus Culture helping them plant five, six years ago. Um, but loving on purpose is really our, our lane. That's um, I've written several books and uh, I used to travel 200 days a year, just speaking and teaching and training leaders in various environments. So I kind of have two things going on now. One is uh, just keeping the loving on purpose resources flowing we have an online life academy that is really we're it's kind of our school for relationships and um and then i also do danny silk consulting which is working uh with executive teams and church leaders and that sort of thing both both in business and in the church world church is my world you know it's been my world forever and uh, so i feel like an old sage in the, in the church leadership world and uh, I love talking to to guys that are guys and gals that are just getting started or you know put in their first decade and are looking for ways to you know grow. Yeah, and I know you've worked with so many different people of so many different backgrounds, socioeconomic statuses, belief systems. You've you know you've touched and worked with so many different lives, and and I'm curious, what are so the some of the common threads and characteristics in the people that you see thriving and flourishing right now? Um, I think that uh, a, a clear sense of priority, you know, so that, uh, so that you can truly be authentic everywhere you go, no matter what you brought. So whether you brought 10 cents or $10 million, you know, you, you are you everywhere you go. And that really comes from a, 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 some work around what's really important to me. Why did I get up this morning? You know, uh, what am I going to take care of no matter what happens today? Those, the clarity around those things helps you return to focus, stay focused. And at the end of the day, you go to bed at night with, uh, with blood on your sword, knowing that you fought for the right priorities and you didn't get distracted and you didn't get diluted and you didn't dis disintegrate. You stayed whole, you stayed integrated. You, you protected your integrity by protecting uh, your, your whole heart. And I think people that do that well, money doesn't distract them or dissolve them. Uh, fame doesn't distract them or dissolve them. Power doesn't, distract them or dissolve them because they have a clarity about I'm locked on to why I'm here and why I'm alive. I think that's something that a lot of people, and I'm sure you hear this oftentimes struggle with getting clarity and finding what that actually is or means to them. 
how, how do you, to the person that says, man, you know, I'm, I'm driven. Uh, I want to make an impact. I want to make a positive influence, but I don't know what my why is. You know, you often hear people who find and um, are convicted in their why, uh, seeing how they show up in life. It really seems like there's a little cheat code that they unlocked. And then I remember early on in my journey, maybe it's part of um, inexperience, it's a part of immaturity, um, and maybe not having you know a lot of exposure to a lot of different things, or maybe a lot of tools and resources available at certain points in your life. The person that is going, man, I'm struggling to find that why, that that purpose, that fire that you know gets me moving every single day. How how do you help somebody identify and spotlight that? Um, I, you know, I would usually just start with. Uh, tell me what you love. Tell me what you love. Just describe to me in life, what do you love? And sometimes people can't answer that question. So I say, tell me what you hate. Tell me what you hate. And I think in that conversation, what motivates them the most in life is going to rise to the surface. And then there's a conversation about um, what, what do you do and when you do it, life becomes timeless. You kind of get lost in it. What yeah. is that? You know, and if you can if you can answer those questions, we're on our way to a really great conversation. Yeah, you know, I had written this down at a conference I was at not too long ago, and I'm gonna paraphrase it, but it was something like your life's purpose should be at the intersection of what you're good at, what fires you up every day, and what breaks your heart. And that kind of got me thinking a little bit, you know, in terms of the things that really fire me up, it's usually something that, you know, really rips me apart. And I want to find a solution, a problem to solve. Um, It's also something that I feel confidence in, right? Of like, hey, I'm actually pretty good at this, right? This is something I should lean into a little bit more, sharpen my, my sword on. And at the same time, you know, something that, um, collectively, you know, gets me fired up and, and brings the passion and the excitement um, out of me. So I love that you, you brought that up. And as you've, you know, seen a lot of people, um, you know, find and, and you know, kind of get into that lane in life, what are some of the things, and especially right now, do you see being distractions or destructive for people to really bring the greatest, you know, of themselves to the world, to their work, to their families. Um, that is, you know, part of the landscape that we have to, you know, deal with in today's reality. Uh, well, you know, there's you know, pick a, pick a, a, a topic today. We're living in, we got plenty of content to talk about, right? <laughs> absolute chaos, right? It feels so chaotic. Uh, but I think what happens is that um, people lose sight of their priorities around connection. And we end up sacrificing, I'll call it covenant connections. So the people in your life that are most important to you, that are, um, they're, they're going to be, you want them at your deathbed, you know, or you want to be at their deathbed. This, this, this connection, who are those people? And um, what are you willing to do to protect those connections? Because what happens these days, it just feels like it is happening to everyone. And that is we sacrifice our most important relationships to be right. And so we end up blowing up our relationship over issues. And if you don't agree with me, bam, we lose these vital connections. And that could be husband and wife. That could be a child and and parent. That could be good friends. That could be coworkers. We blow up our our most important for something that's probably something we don't have any control over anyway. Yeah. And uh, so I think that we've got to learn how to put the love above the issue. And then the love will control or at least govern our conversation and our our spirit while we have that conversation. But when we 
elevate the issue above our love, the issue controls our most important relationships. And that is the dumbest thing that you can do. Mm. I don't think I've heard anybody put it that way before. You always, I've heard so many different statements and quotes and, and they've always resonated and registered with me on a deep level. Cause when you know and feel real love, you know, the power of it. Right. And oftentimes we find a way to kind of edge some of those things out and get sucked into the vortex of life or conversation or the chaos that's going on around us. What are some of the rhythms or or frameworks people can kind of fall back onto and and rely on to kind of keep them, you know, the the bumpers, I guess, uh, to the bowling alley of life or uh, business or whatever it may be that we're, I guess, applying this context to without bowling gutter balls, right? And still knocking down pins, keeping the priority, the priority. How, how do you keep that awareness up kind of moment to moment, day to day? Um, you know, in the, in, in keep your love on, uh, we, we have a, the, the Kylo show, keep your love on Kylo show is a, a podcast. And on that podcast, we keep pumping out these five principles We call them the Kylo principles. And the first one is be powerful. You know, don't give your power away. Don't blame anybody else for your life. Take responsibility for you. Uh, Win the war of love and fear. Make sure that love is your counselor and not fear. Uh, You know, you have to stop and ask yourself, what's motivating me right now? Is it a spirit of love or a spirit of fear? Mm. Uh, Be sure to... Keep the goal of connection in your relationships. And and that's a choice that you make. So connection and distance are your choice. When I do marriage counseling with people in the past, that'd be the first question. I'd say, tell me what the goal of your marriage is, because I'm trying to get them both to own their goal. If the goal is distance, the other person can't do anything right. You've set them up to fail because your goal is to keep them away. So they can't do anything right. So Keep the goal of connection and then be respectful in your communication, meaning drive the fear level and anxiety level down while you're communicating. Tell them about you. Don't tell them about them. And then honor healthy boundaries. Practice your priorities. Require that people respect your priorities and respect theirs as you manage yourself within the context of your world. So those five things, practicing them over and over is going to put you right down the center. You're going to bowl a strike every time. Oh, I love that. And, and, and that's something tangible that you guys can grasp onto. And I would recommend pausing that part, rewinding and writing those things <laughs> down. Because really, it's, it's something that you can apply to all, I guess, gardens of life, right? Whether it's you know business oh. and your career, it's making money, it's, it's your marriage, it's how you parent and engage and interact with your children, how you lead others. I mean, I was thinking of like, man, there's not one thing that you just said that can't be applied to every garden of life that will help it improve in a way that really is what we all seek when we're, you know, putting in that work, right? Yeah. Those those principles work wherever you find human beings. Talk about the importance of putting in the work and the frequency of what that looks like. I think oftentimes, and I'll just speak from my own perspective, right? We put in that work and you're like, I put in the work, man, you know? And sometimes you don't always get the results and, and the rewards and the outcomes how do you, whether it's your own experience with it or how you communicate to others and how they might be able to manage the psychology and the expectation around putting in the work every single day? Yeah, well, you're going to put in the work until you're done, right? And uh, and you're just not done. I don't know anybody on this side of the dirt that's done. So you're, you're going to be putting in the work day in and day out. You may not got the result that you're after, but that just means that you're not done. So you, you're learning, you're growing, you're adjusting, you're improving constantly. And if, as long as you have a, a hopeful mindset that basically says, I can control myself, 
I can't control anybody else. I can't even control outcomes of what I invest, but I do control my attitude, my emotions, my uh, the, the meditations of my mind and my actions. I do control those things. So today's work may be just controlling myself. Maybe that's, that's the gem of my heart is I want to work out controlling myself. When I looked at big obstacles, I tried to figure out, okay, where are the opportunities? Where am I moving into making a difference? And at the very least, I just got stronger today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That choice, like you said, right? We, we all have the ability to choose. And at least over the last, you know, let's just say, you know, March of 2020 to, to now, um, there's been a lot of chaos, a lot of, um, I think, divergence. There's been a lot of uh, disconnect on many different facets of life for people. Um, what, in your opinion, is the greatest threats and opportunities to people with the current kind of tornado of life we may feel like is swirling around us right now? What are some of the greatest threats to people as well as opportunities for people in terms of accelerating and improving and enhancing their life, their you know ability to, to to do it in the way that they want to, and also you know what are some of the things that people really need to be careful and cautious of that could be very destructive and and you know contrary to what type of goals and lives they want to live. I think uh, probably the greatest threat is ending up with a ton of regret because you mishandled your priority relationships because of the chaos. You turned your love off. Now I wrote a book called Keep Your Love On, but that's essentially the 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 skill set that you've got to have. Those five things that I listed are all ways of how to keep your love on. So the the huge risk that I see people facing today is they blew up father and son, mother and daughter blew themselves apart because of the crazy conversations and the intensity around really thinking you're right. And then you, you move the, the issue above the relationship. And when, in five years from now, uh, you're going to look back and say, wow, I let myself damage my my most precious relationships because I wanted to be right. And I thought I could control somebody else's thinking mm. and you, you don't, you don't control, you know, there's nobody on Facebook that said, wow, I was just so changed by your comment in my meme. I changed <laughs> my life. You know, no said nobody ever. Right. So I think that we've just got to get out of this fantasy of I can control your thinking because I'm right and because I love you. Stop it. Be, learn to be a great listener. The best listener wins because the best listener has both sides of information, not just their own. Yeah. And uh, I think we're, we're, Missing, missing an opportunity to demonstrate how devoted we are as people who love each other. We can hang on to each other in this storm. We can hang on anywhere, baby. And that's what, we're, that's what we really need to prove it to ourselves right now is that I'm going to exalt the love above the issue and we're going to come out of this storm, maybe still disagreeing, but proving to each other that we're committed to each other. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's now more than ever something that needs to be emphasized and spotlighted. The volume needs to be turned up on that because the other day it was great. I was, um, you know, I was having a discussion with um, a mentor and a friend, somebody that I really look up to. Um, and we totally disagreed on kind of some of the mandates and some of the things that are going on politically. And I try and always kind of check my ego at the door, show up in a way of one, 
being humble in my approach, but two, more importantly, is being curious. Because uh, I found that whether it's in business and learning a new skill, it's politically trying to understand why somebody feels or thinks or acts a certain way, it's in my marriage, showing up with curiosity either opens me up to a completely new perspective and understanding that really helps me serve myself and, and the relationship and the outcome we're trying to get. Um, or it helps me find more conviction in my belief system that I already have. But at the end of the day, it, it being open creates more opportunity for that mutual connection, whether we agree or disagree, to still have those healthy, constructive spaces to get more clarity and to still move the relationship or the opportunity or whatever it may be in, in the right direction. Are there any characteristics or qualities that you think people, we all have, but we just need to lean into them a little bit more? Um, yeah, I think that one of the skills that we could really benefit from is learning to tell other people about us instead of telling other people about them. Um, you know, I think that uh, the kind of the cranial exchange of, of ideas and intellect uh, ends up in a, a judgment fest where we end up judging each other with the hopes of somebody agreeing with us, which no one ag agrees with the judgments of another person towards them. For real, I mean, they may acquiesce, but for, for the most part, we we are threatened by judgment. But if we got really good at saying, here's how I'm experiencing somebody telling me what to do, or, or here's what how I'm experiencing telling me what I what I can't do, or you know, th that's a different conversation because I'm telling you about me. I'm not telling you what you should think or what's wrong with what you do think. Yeah, I love that. One of the things that I, over the course of the last handful of years, have really been kind of studying is, you know, well, for a long time, masculine and feminine. But one of the quotes that consistently keeps coming up to me right now is, you know, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. You can apply that to women. You can apply that, you know, to whatever, I guess, context you want to apply it to. But I'm curious on your thoughts, being that you've seen and lived through a handful of generations, you've seen, you know, uh, in the, the larger context of what hard actually means versus what a lot of younger generations and people feel it means today. What are your thoughts around that? And what are some of the things you believe maybe are truths or realities younger generations really need to understand to give them a little bit more context to how they may want to show up in life moving forward? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, well-meaning parents are trying to remove struggle and suffering from their children as much as they possibly can. Uh, so maybe, maybe I went, my parents went through a divorce or maybe my parents were impoverished or maybe my parents had you know some special challenges so i'm going to protect my children from ever struggling in life and give them as much comfort as i possibly can but i understand the, the heart behind that but at the same time there are some essentials around work ethic around dealing with uh, pain emotional pain physical pain uh, learning how to um, invest your, your time, your energy, your love, uh, learning how to grow as a, as a human being and mature. Those are all things that hard times accelerate. And yeah. when you remove struggle and suffering from another human being's life, you, you, you train them to believe that life is a fantasy and somebody else is responsible to handle that for you. And you handicap people. So to anyone, you know, any young person who has been in that fantasy and being in America is pretty easy to be in that fantasy. But in other countries, you know, they don't have 
they don't have these kind of problems because here you go. Here's your responsibility. Here's your suffering. Here's your struggle. You know, I'll, I'll meet you on the other side. But in this, in, in a, in a wealth paradigm, you learn different things because you're not struggling to make money. You're not struggling to be comfortable. You're not struggling to um, have high leverage relationships. You actually have to struggle to appreciate how you got those things yeah. so that you can keep them and grow them. Right. So I think we're one of the big things we're facing in our country is uh, a giant drop off in appreciation, gratitude for what got us here. Yeah. What kind of gratitude and appreciation practices do you employ every day? Um, personally, I am very, very grateful to the Lord for everything. <laughs> I mean, I am, I, that puts me in the presence of the Lord, like nothing else, just beginning to say, thank you. Just begin. And then I just go down the list of all the things that I so appreciate about my life. And I attribute it to uh, the grace of God on my life and being with me. I think I, that's the most gratitude that, that I can express is thank you for being with me, Lord. And do you have a morning prayer? Is it an evening prayer? Is it throughout the day? What does that rhythm look like? It's a, it's a, it's a never ending prayer. I mean, pretty much love it. Every situation. I mean, it's, it it used to be, I parked it in the morning and I did this whole thing with the, you know, read my Bible and praying and that, that, and that was great. But what it's done, what has happened in my life is I am just mindful of the presence of the Lord, the activity of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord on my life. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. I love it. And with a lot of young what i'm curious on your your thoughts on this being in the world of of ministry and faith that you've been in does it feel like less and less in terms of the younger generations are really engaged in leaning into faith and religion do you feel like there's a war on religion especially kind of after what we saw through the pandemic of you know where it was prioritized and you know, some of the, I'm just curious on kind of the overall construct and, and, um, and narrative around religion and faith being that you've been a leader in it as it's evolved over the course of your lifetime. It is there, um, I guess a lesser amount of, you know, younger generations actually engaging with faith and the church. Um, you know, my experience has been in environments where, uh, there's been a lot of young people. So 
I, in my experience, I would say no, but I don't know that that's true with most religious environments. You know, I don't know that most churches or um, most denominations or what have you are experiencing a growth in young people. I don't know the answer to that. But in my experience, especially at Bethel and Jesus Culture and all my travel around the world, I am in environments where young people are excited about the call of God on their life, and they're excited to uh, raise their families and to engage in society. So I've I've only been around uh, movements that are charged with a lot of young people. Got it. And how does, where is the connection in your opinion between faith and financial abundance? Uh, well, I think that, you know, the, the, when the Bible says that if you're faithful in earthly treasure, you, you'll be trusted with heavenly treasure. So it's kind of like the kindergarten of spiritual maturity is earthly treasure. And to the people who... Well, I'm curious, how often do you hear people, we've all heard it, money is the root of all evil, people who want a lot of money are greedy. What, what are your thoughts around that narrative and what would be maybe a more positive and productive narrative that if good people have more money, they can make a greater impact, right? I believe that money just makes you more of who you already are. We all know good people that have a lot of money and use it for good. And also people who have a lot of money and don't, I know a lot of people who don't have any money and are still great people. And I know a lot of people that don't have any money and are horrible people. So I'm just curious on kind of what your thoughts are around that narrative. And if that narrative is still very prevalent um, in your you know, opinion, and if there's a better narrative that might be aligned with one, helping people make more money and making their money matter with a much larger impact and how they utilize it. Yeah. I think that money is a, is a great test. Um, and so your heart, your character is tested with freedom and power. So the, so the real success is, did you handle freedom and power? Well, mm. and um, that, Money often exposes all the cracks in my character because it it offers me uh, it puts freedom puts on display who's in here. So it uh, it doesn't make me greater; it just makes me more of what I was. Mm. And so that's back to being authentic and having your priorities clear so that money doesn't blow you apart and power doesn't blow you apart because that's the big issue that I can see in, uh, in wealth is that you just make a bigger mess. You're a bigger blessing or a bigger mess, but the, the real issue is what you brought, you know, what, what money allowed you to do is on display. So, uh, you know, if if you're raised in poverty and you and you and you think like an orphan or you think uh, like a survivor and you get a whole bunch of money, well, you are now a giant orphan survivor consuming all your environment. And you're just a fireball flying through the sky looking for something to blow up. And that's where we see all these, you know these uh, uh, athletes or entertainers or what have you that, you know, ha had survival mode and then boom, they get a hundred million dollar contract and they turn into a giant fireball. Right. Like, yeah. Well, that's just, they were a fireball when they started. You see them now. You have a hundred million dollars worth of fire now. Versus, you know, the people that uh, nobody ever actually sees how much benefit they're bringing because they have so much humility and they have so much self-control and they are uh, 
you know, a real clarity about their priorities. And it isn't about fame. So they don't have a bunch of likes on their page. You know, they may not even have a page. Right. I know. I it's funny. You know, some of the <laughs> some of the wealthiest, most impactful people I've met, you know, in in my my journey so far are often those types of people. You won't ever know who they are. You would never know who they were unless somebody told you who they were and what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, and that humility is definitely inspiring. I do think that there is somewhat of a balance of using that, sh- giving a window or showcasing it in a very tasteful um, quality way that inspires other people to model after that, right? Because sometimes I see those kind of people, I'm like, man, I didn't even know that. That is so freaking inspiring to me. And yeah. if I didn't know that or somebody didn't tell me that, I would have never been inspired in that way. And, and that's also helped me shape how I want to show up moving forward in maybe that particular vertical of how I use my money or talk about my money or leverage my money. And so I, I love that though, of that humility piece of it. What are some of, you've been around big organizations a lot of churches have a lot of money. I know I've got a lot of great friends that are great leaders high up in very big organizations and seeing how they utilize money and they equip their congregation, they equip their community, they equip, you know, um, kind of their messengers through the resources they have. I'm curious, what do you believe are some of the pieces of financial literacy or financial fitness that could serve people on their wealth building journey? Um, Well, I think that, uh, I think a lot of people in the faith community have really benefited a lot from Dave Ramsey stuff. You know, I mean, he's kind of a a leader in uh, kind of countering the popular path of of debt and you know taking on and buying everything you can see and becoming just an absolute slave to to debt and being oppressed by it and not and never figuring out oh i did this to myself right right (laughs) so um you know there's that and then there's just you know pay attention to people that are doing it right you know read about them there's so many books out there about how to do this well so don't don't stay constrained to your own uh, social class. Actually, read up and 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 figure out. Okay, what did other people do with the same opportunities I have to grow them and to turn them into a, a, a better tomorrow? Not just for me, but for my children's children. Yeah, the the, the righteous man leaves up an inheritance not for his children, but for his grandchildren. So that that is a that's thinking past I finished well and thinking past how did my grandchildren do? Mm. Yeah, one of the books that I just uh, read and I interviewed him. Uh, his name is Morgan Housel. Uh, it's called The Psychology of Money, and it'll probably be one of the number one books that I continue to recommend for anybody that you know wants to be wealthy but wants to be wealthy and do it right. Um, not just for the purpose of having a lot of money and buying a bunch of material things, but one of the things that he shared, well, many, he basically it was, I think, 13 or 14 stories of different individuals in different generations, uh, also different socioeconomic kind of statuses or classes, and how those times as well as their status and kind of their experiences really shaped not only how they thought about money, but the behavior that they took due to that psychology. And it was really, really interesting to see all of the different perspectives. And one of the things that he just kept talking about was you got to talk to as many people as you can about money to understand their stance and why they think that. Because in the world of money, even though you know there are many principles and practices and disciplines of what we say is the right thing to do, right? A plus B equals C. He also brought up the fact that 
in terms of the psychology of money, one plus one doesn't equal two. What might be right for me and what I think is a good investment or a good choice around money for my family or for our future, you could look at and go, dude, that doesn't make sense. You should go and do that. That actually makes way more sense in a spreadsheet and on paper. And so I just thought that was really interesting. And, I, and it goes back to what you talked about of communication and the fact that whether it's money or it's your marriage or it's you know the vaccine or a mandate or a whatever, you know, coming back to that common place of love and 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 purpose. And I think these are you know open conversations that I wish more and more people would have. As we kind of wrap this up, I wanted to get your thoughts on we want to communicate at a higher level. We want to seek to understand more. How do we create, how do we set the table? How do we create rules of engagement that are healthy going into those types of environments with whether it's people that we know and love very closely, whether it's with strangers, how can we show up and lead better in that type of context? Uh, well, have a plan, you know, have a plan with what you intend to accomplish when you get there. Um, and it's not always just a moment. It's often a, a, a relationship. So what are you bringing to the relationship? Are you bringing, are you bringing peace and joy and love? I mean, one of the most important things to experience between human beings is enjoyment. Do we enjoy each other? Is there, a, is there a, an attachment? Is there a connection in this relationship? Well, it's, it's largely due to do we enjoy each other? Because we will cope through what we have to survive to get what we want, but we will protect what we enjoy. So be sure to bring with you something that's worth protecting long-term. Mm. That's a great perspective. All right. So last few questions for you, Danny. What does wealth, being wealthy and successful mean to you? What's your perspective on it? Uh, I think it, it it's really managing your freedom and power. Uh, wherever you get that, you know, like uh, maybe you have freedom and power with your, with your spouse's heart. You know, do you have a wealth mentality that you that you bring with you? It could be with your children. It could be with uh, a million people that you influence. It's it's how do you handle freedom and power? And is it to benefit others? Are you are you set up in your character to benefit, nourish, empower others, or are you moving resources to yourself? to control so that you can protect you. Mm. And I think wealth, a wealth mentality is really about benefiting as many people as you can with your freedom and your power. Ooh, that might be, just so you know, I've asked this question to a couple hundred guests. That might be one of my like top two or three, <laughs> maybe the number one favorite answer. I'm gonna have to go back and write those notes down. Yeah, that's a mic drop, Danny. That was winner, good. Winner. Well, because the answer is usually always like to be able to do what I want when I want it with who I want to do it with, right? In some form or context of that. And I've heard some other really cool things, but say that one more time in terms of the power and the wealth, freedom. Wealth is how I manage my wealth and freedom for the benefit of others. Of others. Very, very powerful. I, I had a, another slew of questions that I was going to ask you, but we're going we're gonna to end it on that because that is, <laughs> that is something to marinate on, guys. That is something to take note of and, and, and to weave that principle into everything that you do and why you do it. If you're looking for part of your why, that is something that should be at least in the ingredients of your foundation, right? Is how do you bring and serve um, you know, others and give them value at the highest level? And in turn, right, you get uh, many amazing rewards and blessings. Danny, pleasure 
uh, spending some time with you today, brother. As uh, as we wrap up the show today, I want I just want to acknowledge you, man, and and the time that we got to spend together. Uh, this has been enlightening and and heartwarming and inspiring and, and thought provoking for me. I know it is for our listeners and our Millionaire Mindcast community. So we greatly appreciate that. I want to make sure that people that want to go and check out your books, they want to know more about where you're at, some of the churches that you are, you know, speaking or leading in. Um, where can they get more information on Danny Silk? Uh, lovingonpurpose.com will get you pretty much everything. The Kylo show.com is, uh, our, our, our most recent, uh, contribution of content and that sort of thing. And, um, that, that, that should do it. I love it, man. Well, thank you so much for your time today, guys. We'll have all of the links to the books, uh, to anything that we talked about, uh, in the show notes at millionermindcast.com for Danny Silk's episode. Be sure to check that out. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review. And with that being said, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you share it with somebody else who maybe needs to hear this today or that could gain some value from something that was talked about or discussed in today's interview. You just never know one piece of information, a conversation, a tool, a resource can completely transform and change the trajectory of someone's life or their business. So if you get any kind of value or you want to support the show, all we ask is that you help us organically get this in front of more people. Also, for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey and unlock more financial freedom, get more time back and just level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to therichlifeacademy.com to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, courses from our guests, all kinds of free content, downloads, checklists, upcoming event info and how you can connect with us live in person, all kinds of great valuable tools. You can get that over at therichlifeacademy.com. Last but not least, I always want to know, who do you guys want to hear me interview next? Let me know. Shoot me a text at 844-447-1555. With that being said, until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friend.